Good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening, everyone. This is Arthur Farley Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I dropped in briefly because you know I gotta know. You know I gotta know? What voice are you listening to? We gotta know the voice of the shepherd so we can be led by the Holy Spirit. You guys, we're going to get into this in one minute, one second, and one moment. But first, we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for being together, being in the midst of us, Lord God. You said where two or three are joined together, there you are. Father, we just thank you right now for being right here with us. And we thank you, Lord God, that your word, it will not return void unto us but it will be made clear to us, Father, for we ask that you give us a rhema word that you reveal to us what it is that you want us to know, what it is you want us to see, what it is that you want us to hear in Jesus' name. I dropped in to ask the question, what voice are you listening to? How many of you know that the the word of God tells us, Jesus told us in John, he said that his sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice, they will not follow. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. John 10, we're coming out of John 10. John 10, Jesus is telling his, saying, speaking in reference here, how his sheep know his voice and a stranger's voice, they will not follow. He said his sheep know his voice and a stranger's voice, they will not follow. Are you following? Whose voice are you listening to? Are you following the voice of the shepherd? How many of you know that the word of God teaches and tells us that uh, God and his word is one, right? He tells us in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. That's John 1, 1 through 14, right? King James Version says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was nothing or anything made that was made. Right? Um, That's John 1. John 1 verse 1 and 2. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. I said that to simply say that God and his word is one. Okay? God tell the word. Jesus tells us in John 14, that he is the good shepherd. He comes that we might have life and have it more abundantly, but it's the thief that cometh not, but still kill and destroy. He says that my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice, they will not follow. Are you following the voice of a stranger? Does that voice, the voice of the father, the voice of the Holy Spirit is always going to speak in line. It's always going to speak the word of God. So the voice that you're listening to is causing you fear, is causing you torment, then that's not the voice of the shepherd. That's the voice of the stranger. For God himself has not given us a spirit of fear. Timothy tells us this, right? Timothy says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Excuse me. It tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So the voice that you're listening to is causing you to have fear. Then we know that that's not the voice of a stranger, of, of a shepherd. That's the voice of a stranger. 
That voice, the voice you listen to will be the voice that control you. So if you're filled with torment, anxiety, and fear, know that you're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're not listening to the voice of the Good Shepherd, but you're listening to the voice of a stranger. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God gave us a spirit not to fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. That's the English Standard Version. King James says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. What voice are you listening to? Is the voice that you're listening to causing, causing us to have peace? Because God tells us, he said that the peace that he leaves us it, it, it's not like the world. The peace that the Holy Spirit leaves, the, the peace that the Holy Spirit gives is not like the world. Jesus said, the peace I give, John 14, 27, NIV, Jesus was saying, the peace I leave you with, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world give. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. So, if, if you're afraid is coming from those thoughts that the voice of the stranger, which is the enemy, is putting in your head to cause you to fear. How many of you know that once again, the word of God tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. Why is this? Because fear, first John 4 and 18 tells us. First John 4 and 18 tells us there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. It drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment or torment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So we're feeling fearful. We're feeling afraid. We're feeling anxiety. I'm telling you. All that's coming from is the voice of the stranger that you're listening to. Who voice are, is you listening to? Because the when the Holy Spirit speaks, he's going to leave you feeling calm and comforted. He tells you, do not be afraid. Fear not, for I am with you. Don't let your heart be troubled. He's going to, when the Holy Spirit speaks and the Holy Spirit leads by way of peace. He said, the peace that I give you, it's not like the world. Okay, the peace that God gives us is past all human being understanding. If you're feeling tormented, if you're feeling fretful, if you're feeling uh, anxious, it's because you're listening to the voice of a stranger. Who voice are you listening to? And that fear, that spirit of fear that God did not give us, 2 Timothy tells us, that spirit of fear, because fear is a spirit. I want you to know that fear is a spirit. And we need to aggressively resist it. We need not to claim it. I'm fearful. I'm afraid. Oh, I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that. Watch your words because remember that life and death is in the power of your tongue and we will eat the fruit of our words. We're going to eat our words. In other words, we're having what we're saying. We're having what we're saying because we're framing our world with our words. You said that's basic. Yes, but we need to relearn the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ. We need to relearn it because it's not enough just to know the word. So I'm going to talk to you today about how to do the word because we know a lot of scriptures, but we don't know what it looked like. Do you know how to do what you know? We know a lot of verses. We do. But do you know how to do what you know? How many of you know that the word of God is our weapon of warfare? Right? 
So how do we use the word of God as our weapon of warfare when the the stranger comes to speak to us? We do like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. I like to call it a word war. Just because a thought comes to our mind does not mean we have to speak that thought. Second Timothy 10 and 5 tells us, he said, cast down, casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And then we're to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is warfare. This is, this is a word war. Okay. This is a, we're in a word war. The enemy, the devil is bringing these evil thoughts to our mind, these thoughts to try to make us feel fearful, these thoughts to try to make us feel afraid, these thoughts to try to make us feel anxious. And when we would just let them rest there, we meditate on it and it gets down off in us. And pretty soon we're acting it out. We're acting tormented. We're acting fearful. We're acting anxious. We're acting afraid. We're acting out what we believe. Because we did not do 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. We did not cast down those evil imaginations. When when the devil brought that word that was contrary, what is an evil imagination? It's a word that's contrary to God's word. When the devil comes with a word, it's always going to be contrary to God's word. It's going to be a negative word. It's going to be an evil word. It's going to be a word that's opposite to what God says. Did God really say that what he told even in the garden? Let me read the English Standard Version, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. It says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So when the devil comes with his thoughts to try to torment us, to try to make us fearful, to try to make us afraid, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to destroy that argument, cast it down, pull it down, that stronghold mindset. How do we do that? By replacing the devil's word with God's word. We are in a word war. This is why it's so important that we renew our mind to the word of God, because the word of God is the the, uh, the sword of the spirit. That is the thing that's going to cut us. That is the sword of the spirit. When we're talking about putting on the full arm of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, and having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel and then the sword of the spirit, we are fully armored. But the the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness is going to quench the fiery darts, the lies that the devil bring to us to try to condemn us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are right stand in right standings with God because he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus, who knew no sin, he became sin. He had to pay for our sin. He had to redeem us from sin. It was the precious blood of Jesus that he had to use, which was his life, to redeem us. He who knew no sin. In other words, everything that Adam did, Jesus Christ had to come and undo. By one man's disobedience, Adam, we were all made sinners. By one man's obedience, Jesus, we was all made righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're in right standings. In other words, we are in right standings with God because of what Jesus Christ did. But we have to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior so we can come in fellowship with him. The provisions are in the will. Everything has already been done. The fee- everything has already been finished. 
But in order to receive the benefits of the the new covenant, we are going to have to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's those thoughts, those thoughts, those thoughts, those thoughts are things casting down every uh, evil imagination and those thoughts or those things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Thoughts is those thoughts that's contrary to the word of God. When the devil comes with an evil thought, you have to come with what God's word say. This is every time we speak the word, we swing the sword. Are we letting the thoughts just rest there? You can tell if you're thinking evil thoughts because if you're acting evil, that's because we're thinking evil. Come on now. Our mind is doing what the body tell our body is doing what the mind tell it to. We think a thing before we act on it, even whether we don't even realize it. But subconsciously, we're thinking it before we act on it. And this is why I say, what's your why lie? What lie is the devil telling you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? That's causing you to become so anxious to be filled with anxiety and fear. And he's tormenting us. Because he's trying to get us to believe that God's word is not true. But the word word of God tells us, he tells us in Corinthians, no, Philippians 4 and 6. He tells us in Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then as we go on and it says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will cover our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So here he's telling us in Philippians four and six. So when we're, when we're beginning to feel anxious, worried, fear, anxiety, Philippians four and six tells us not to do that. So whenever we're feeling anxious, that's a thought It's coming from a thought. The devil is putting his thought. He's planting his seeds in our mind. He's, we're sitting here meditating on things that's contrary to what God is saying. He's trying to convince us that God is not going to take care of us. He's not going to provide for us, that God does not love us. I don't know. What's your why lie? What lie has the devil told you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? I'm telling you, every area in our lives where there's an addiction, stronghold, or a bondage is an area in our lives where we're believing a devil's lie. So the work that we have to do is to pull down those mindset strongholds by replacing the devil's lies with God's truth. What is the counsel of God concerning that lie that you're believing? So right now I'm speaking to some of you and you are being tormented by the devil. Because fear has to do with torment. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. Uh, fear, The spirit of fear wants you to believe that something bad is going to happen. That's the punishment that's attached to the fear. Fear has to do with, pun- with torment. So God did not give us a spirit of fear because it has to do with punishment. First John 4, 18, remember? Remember what he says? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The spirit of fear, the reason the torment is there is because the spirit of fear is telling you that something bad is going to happen. If you don't, you're going to lose your car. You're going to lose your truck. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose that. That's the fear. That is the spirit of fear that's talking to you. So what voice? Are you listening to? We have to we have to call fear a spirit because when we realize that fear is a spirit, because the Word of God tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, we are going to have to uh, uh, purposely begin to resist this spirit. 
and quit uh, owning it, calling it ours. I am afraid of this. I'm scared of this. Remember Amos 3 and 3. How can two walk together except they both agree? So every time we claim it, every time we confess it, we possess it. And then we wonder why we're so full of anxiety and fear. Fear is a spirit. And when we walk in agreement with it, we're walking in agreement with the devil. Amos 3 and 3. How can two walk together except they both agree? Are you walking? The reason you're feeling anxious is because you're walking in agreement with that spirit of anxiety. We have to quit calling it my anxiety. Anxiety, look up the word and you're going to see fear as being one of the meanings of the word anxiety. It's not yours. Quit claiming ownership to things that's not yours because every time we claim ownership of something by calling it ours, we walk in fellowship with it. How can two walk together except they both agree? The reason anxiety and fear and torment is in our lives is because we're walking in agreement with the devil's lie. It's my fear, my anxiety, my this, my that. Quit claiming things that we have been redeemed from. That's an evil report. Every time we claim something, my arthritis, my high blood pressure, my high cholesterol, every time we're saying that, we're calling God a lie. I'm going to sit right there for a second. You know this is mature audience. You know there's no condemnation. But we have to deal with the truth in order to be delivered from a lie. Because y'all already know my favorite verse, John 3, John 8 and 32. Jesus said to to those who believed, if you continue on my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. How many of you know we got to know the truth in order to be set free from a lie? The reason you're acting angry is because you're thinking angry, because we think it before we do it. Meditate to do. The word of God says to meditate to do premeditate you premeditate it you think about it before you say it you think instead of casting down what are we supposed to do when the devil comes because we can't stop him from coming so when he comes what we're supposed to do what is our counter attack this is a war we are in a war okay we're in a word war the weapons of our war- warfare is not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling downs of strongholds Okay, let's look up that scripture. The weapon of our warfare are not carnal. Let's look it up and see what he says. The weapon of our warfare are not carnal. It's 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 tells us. He's telling us there. He's telling us. He said the weapon of our warfare The weapons we fight with are not... I want to read the NIV version. One second, let me pull it up here. 2 Corinthians 10 and 14. Let me read the NIV version. It says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We're not fighting flesh and blood. For though we live in the flesh, we do not war according to the, to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of this world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What are strongholds? Remember, strongholds are like, they're like a fortress. They're belief systems, which have been, uh, which we're now believing based upon our limited life uh, experiences. They're belief systems that have been formed in our mind that we now Uh, believed to be true based upon our limited life experiences. In other words, 
you've dated a few men. Now you say all men are bad. Those are mindset strongholds. They're bad. You you form that opinion. You, it's really an, a bias opinion. You form that opinion about all men based upon your limited uh, bad influ- influence with a few men. Because the truth of the matter is, you haven't dated all men. You haven't. The truth of the matter is, you haven't dated all women. You can't say that all blacks are the same, all whites are the same, all his Latinos are the same. You can't say that. That's not true. Those are mindset strongholds. And when you hear yourself saying stuff like that. All this, all this kind of food is bad. All this restaurants is bad. Well, you haven't been to all of those restaurants. You haven't been to, you haven't met every Latino. You haven't met every black person. You, you know, and that's prejudice too. That's stereotyping. Stereotyping is really a form of stronghold mindsets because we stereotype people based upon our limited experience. You had one bad encounter with someone at Walmart. Now the whole Walmart is bad based upon your limited experience with that one person. You had one bad experience at a church. Now all churches are bad. All pastors are bad based upon that one experience that you had with that person who was used by the devil because people aren't perfect. Okay, but that's not true. Those are stronghold mindsets that the devil has led you to believe to be true based upon your limited experience. Because the truth of the matter is, you haven't been to every church. You haven't experienced every pastor. You haven't, you know, so let's call it what it is. Those are stronghold mindsets. But the word of God is designed to pull down, to demolish those stronghold mindsets. Um, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, it says, We tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. How do we take captive those thoughts? By bringing it in obedience. And we resist the devil when we submit to God. Every time we say we uh, do what God's word say, we resist the devil and we don't do what he say. You see how easy it is? The Bible says, therefore, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil and he will have to flee. So I like to say every time we do what God say do, we don't do what the devil say do. Is that an easier term? Every time we do what God say do, we don't do what the devil say do. We got it. Okay. That's simple. That's how we submit. Submitting to God means doing what he say do. We're going to submit our will, our way, our want to what God, to God's will, God's way, and God, what God wants. And every time we do that, we're resisting the devil. We can't, we can't, uh, we can't please both of them. We can't walk with the devil and resist the devil. And we can't walk with God and walk in agreement with the devil. How can two walk together except they both agree? What fellowship does light and darkness have in common? Nothing, unless there's compromise. There's no way light and darkness. They're not the same. Light is light and dark is dark. They're complete opposites. Okay, so this is the warfare. This is the warfare right here, you guys. The warfare, spiritual warfare is not just casting out a devil. But really, the, the we're the main subject of our whole entire life story. We really are. In addition to casting out the devils, this is the fight. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, stronghold mindsets, to pull down those thoughts that's in our mind that's contrary to the word of God. This, the mind really is the battleground. That's what the battle is going on. That's what the warfare is. So I have to ask the question, what voice are you listening to? Because right now, if you're angry, it's because you're listening to the voice of a stranger. You're angry because you're listening to the, to the lies that the devil is putting in your mind. 
And instead of casting down those evil imaginations and taking those thoughts captive and say, no, I'm going to, the Lord said, vengeance is his and he will repay Um, that he told me not to be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do something kind to that person that was acting evil towards you. If it's nothing else but to give them a kind word in return for their evil word. Now, let's use wisdom in the situation because you can't always confront someone like that, right? But if it's nothing else, you know, maybe just a nice text. I'm praying for you. I'm not angry with you, you know, uh, or whatever, you know, but don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, right? This is, this is the fight. A gentle, a soft answer turns away wrath, the Bible tells us in Proverbs. This is the fight. This is how we use the word. We know the word, but we don't, a lot of times we don't know how to use the word. So we use the word by counterattacking whatever the devil comes. This is the fight. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not weapons of the world. We don't physically fight each other. That's not going to settle the conflict. But when the devil comes with the word, you come with the word. That's what Jesus did. He came in and said, if you really be the son of God and cast yourselves among the stars, he said, it is written. And then Jesus would tell him, you know, when he was being tempted 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus would tell him what the word says. No, this is what it is. Okay. So this is why it's so important that we have to become rooted and grounded in the word of God, because without knowing the word of God, we're not going to know how to fight the fight of faith, because really that's what we're fighting. The devil is already defeated. How many of you know that the devil has already been defeated? Jesus conquered death, hell, the grave. He destroyed the works of the devil for this purpose was the son of God manifest. The Bible says to destroy the works of the devil. Okay, so the devil is already defeated. But he's coming, um, he's coming to try to steal the word. He's coming to try to steal the word by trying to get you to believe his word. That's the fight of faith. The Bible says it tells us to fight the good fight of faith. We are contending for the faith by holding on to what the word of God says. Therefore, hold fast to the confession of your faith. Keep saying what God is saying. Don't say what the devil is saying, because when we start saying what the devil is saying, we're going to see what the devil is saying. So you're angry, you're fussing and you're fighting. It's because we're sitting up here and we're listening to what the devil says. What is the counsel of God concerning your situation? What does the word of God say about what you're thinking, what you're believing? Because when those thoughts are contrary to God's thoughts, we have to get in the word to see what he said. In order to come overcome anxiety, in order to overcome fear, we have to have faith and confidence in God's love. So when fear comes, you say to that spirit and quit claiming it. Oh, those are my anxiety. Oh, my this. Oh, my that. Quit claiming it because it's a spirit. It's like a a, a rattler. Okay, would you call a black rattler? Would you take try to take a black rattler snake and make it your pet? Well, we can't be making, we can't be patting on this spirit of fear, my anxiety. Every time you say that, you own it. Every time you confess it, you possess it. And you can't, that's why you can't get delivered from it. Because every time you confess it, you possess it and you're walking in agreement with it. Life and death really is in the power of our tongue. God created the world with words and then he gave Adam that same creative power, the one that he created. And we are speaking spirits. Likewise, we have that same power. And we understand it in certain, we like, don't call a child stupid. Don't call a child stupid. Right. We understand that principle, but it's not just for a child. 
it, we're talking about when we're saying stuff like that, what we're saying is we understand the power of the words. Really, what you're saying is don't be saying that about that person because they're going to start to think that way about themselves. And, you know, you don't want to go around telling a child that they're stupid, dumb and ignorant. Right. So we understand the power of words, but we don't understand that we have to understand that same power with all of our words. We don't understand the power of all of our words. Our words have power. And the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it's got, it pierces and it cuts on both sides. Hebrews 4 and 12. This is the weapon of our warfare. This is spiritual warfare. <laughs> this is part of spiritual warfare. Being able to use the word of God because the word of God is the truth. The word of God is the truth that's going to set us free. When Jesus was talking to those Jews that believe saying, if you continue my word in John 8, 32, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. God's truth sets us free from a devil's lie. This is why we have to renew our mind according to Romans 12 and 2. So we can know God's good, acceptable and perfect will for our lives. We cannot know the will of God without knowing the word of God. Because remember, John tells us in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God and the word became flesh. And the world, it, the world, it, the word dwelt among men. God and his word is one. So if we don't know what the word of God says, we cannot know what the will of God is. And Jesus, the word of God tells us, he said, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. One translation says, let me find this. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Right? One translation says, my people are destroyed because they do not know me. Hosea 4 and 6. Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of God. I will also ignore your children. One translation say my people are destroyed because they don't know me. NLT Amos four and six says the new living translation says my people are destroyed because they don't know me. Hmm. He said, my people are destroyed because when we don't know God, we don't know his voice. We don't know his word. Um, We have to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know that God is a present help in our time of trouble? The reason he is a present help in our time of trouble is because God is already in the trouble before we get to the trouble. So he's a present help in our times of trouble. He's already in the trouble before we get in the trouble because he's not confined by time. God is outside of time. Time is for us. That's how he was able to be in the fire before Shadrach, Meshach, and Benigo ever got there because he was already in the fire before they got into the fire. He goes before us. He's already in our tomorrow. But Jesus said, you know what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you because he already know that we need raiment and we need food and we need shelter. We're not telling God nothing. He doesn't know. He said, I need you to focus on me. Don't focus on your needs. Focus on me. 
because I have what you need. How many of you know that the provisions of God are in the will of God? And this is why he's trying to get us to be in pursuit of him, because everything that we need is in him. In him, in him, and he is in us. And we abide in his word and his word abide in us. We can ask whatever we will, the Bible says, and we shall have it. God and his word is one. We cannot know the will of God without the word of God. We cannot fight the good fight of faith if we don't know what God's word say. This is why it's so important. And this is why I sense such a great urgency for us to return back to our first love, for us to come back to the word of God. And my prayer is, Father, that you give us a hunger and a thirst for the word of God, a hunger and a thirst for the things of God, Father God, that we will be so hungry for you that nothing will be able to quench our thirst until we get into your presence. And when we get in your presence, Father, we'll just want more and more and more and more and more of you. To help us, we want to drink from your well of living water. Thank you, Father, for a rhema word. This is the fight of faith. If you're fearful and afraid, speak to that spirit and tell it it has to go because God did not give you a spirit of fear. Matter of fact, we speak to the spirit of fear that's tormenting people and causing them to be afraid. That spirit of fear that's causing nervous breakdowns. That spirit of fear that's causing us to be causing others to be anxious and having anxiety attacks. We bind that spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus and we command it to go and we loose the peace of God. Holy Spirit, we ask that you comfort the people of God. Father, you say you will not leave us comfortless, but that you would leave us a comforter. And so we thank you for the comforter right now in the name of Jesus resting and settling upon your people father as you has promised um, and father as we come before you this day father we ask that you continuously lead and guide and direct us father for we will not lead to our own understanding we will depart from evil we will not be wise in our own eyes but we will acknowledge you each and every day asking you to lead, guide, and direct our path. Father, we thank you right now for your peace that's settling and resting upon your people. As they begin to dig in the word, Father God, I ask that you reveal yourself to them, that you reveal, for you said those who fear you, you will make your covenant known to them, Holy Spirit. Father, you said those who reverence you, those who fear you, Father, you said you will make your covenant known. You said you will make your covenant known to us, Father God. So as your people are hungered and thirst, Father, he who promised your promise, Father, you're faithful. He who promised is faithful, Father, and you watch over your own word to perform it. And Father God, as we thank you that your word will not return void, Father, but that people will be delivered and set free at the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus, Father, that yokes will be destroyed. Right now, we will no longer call fear. We will no longer call it ours. We will no longer call own sickness and disease. It will no longer be our arthritis. It will no longer be our high blood pressure would no longer be our cholesterol it would no longer be our diabetes it's not ours it would no longer be our fear we cast all that out we cast all that we cast all of our cares to you father we cast our cares we cast our worries we cast our fears upon you through prayer father god in the name of jesus and we leave it there lord god knowing that we can trust you knowing that you are a way maker knowing that you will provide you are jehovah jireh our jehovah rapha our jehovah nisi you are our abba father father you said perfect love cast out 
without fear. Therefore, Father, we have confidence in your love for us, knowing that you have our best interest at heart. Therefore, we trust you. We wholeheartedly trust you. And Father, we've, we repent and we say that we're sorry for not trusting you because when we're not trusting you, then fear has place in us. Whenever we're feeling tormented, Father, that's because we, we're not trusting you. That's because we're not having confidence and faith in your love. And Father, we give you the glory. We give you the honor, Lord God, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys, I pray this has been a blessing to you. And I pray that you take these words that you heard and you apply them to your life. And you say, Holy Spirit, what is your counsel? What is your word concerning sickness? What is your word concerning marriage? What is your word concerning finances? What does your word say? What do you have to say? What is your counsel, Father? We, we want your counsel. We want your wisdom. We want your insight. You told us to ask for it, Father. We don't know. So we're coming before you and we're asking you, Lord, what do you have to say about this? What do you have to say about that? Because you are all knowing. You know everything about everything and everything about everybody. So Holy Spirit, help us to know what you know. We want to know what you know. Help us know what you know. We want to know what you know, Lord God. We come before you hunger. We surrender. We say, Father, we give up. We quit. We quit. Not our way, Lord. Not our will, Lord. Not our want, Lord. But let your will, your way, and your won't be done in our lives. Again, today, this day. In Jesus' name we pray. You guys, thank you so much for joining in. Again, this is Arthur Pearl Martin with Biblical Principles of Inner Healing. If you guys like to support our podcast, hit on the support button. If you like to leave a message, hit on the message, record your message, and I'll get back with you. Follow me on my Facebook page, Pearly Martin Podcast, Pearly Podcast on Facebook. You guys be so blessed. Be so wonderful. Be so encouraged. Please share this broadcast if it's blessed you in any, any way so we can help bring a blessing to someone else. Um... We will not allow the spirit because fear is a spirit. We will not welcome it. It is trespassing and we will no longer allow the spirit of fear, anxiety and worry to take uh, to live in our lives. In Jesus name, we pray. Thank you guys for joining in until next time. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. <laughs>